Content warning. No Gods, No Monsters contains profanity, substance use, and a strong hatred for the police. Hmm, huge turtle. 60 meters. What's going on around here? I don't know, sir. Looks like a huge turtle made its appearance. Well, I will have to order up the observation planes to find out what's going on. Another one we watched together. That's cool. For the first time, right? That was your first time, right? Yeah. That was my first time seeing any of the show era gamers. Same. Same. I've only seen the um some of the, the Heisei Heisei. ones. Yeah. Um so that ending, dude. I <laughs> I you said you were expecting that ending? Yeah, I knew. I had heard before that that's how it ends it still so. got you man you laugh for like still, four minutes it's straight. fucking hilarious it's also just like out of nowhere and so quick it's just like what <laughs> i had no idea and i was just like man what is fucking plan z gonna be i mean obviously plans <laughs> a through y must have been terrible so plan z must be pretty fucking bad too i don't know or like whatever and then it's like <laughs> Just send him to Mars. <laughs> I I guess what's funny to me about that is not only is it's so absurd, right? You have this you have this giant monster who represents kind of like Godzilla all these things about like you know the folly of human technology and war, and then you just send the problem to Mars, right? <laughs> <laughs> Does that remind you of anything in our own world? <laughs> I mean, I've been trying to send Elon Musk to Mars. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> anarchists are always called childish utopians. We're told that our solutions won't work. And then the ending of Gamera that made us laugh so hard because it's so absurd is essentially exactly what the average capitalist and liberal believes right now. Like, they're literally just, like, we're going to have all just, these problems and we're just going to go to Mars and it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, you're talking about uh, environment stuff, huh? Well, the um, environment, yeah, we're destroying the environment. Like, just the idea that, like, technology will save us no matter what. Yeah. Well, I just mean there's, like, a specific belief, like, well, yeah, we can ruin our planet, but uh, <laughs> I guess we, we can just branch out to other planets. <laughs> we'll just start out on one that has none of the stuff that made life possible, but yeah. and we ruined the one that did, but somehow we're going to make it work there, and it's just, like, it just blows my mind that, like, that's so absurd and stupid that, like, nobody who watches that movie thinks it's legit, but there is basically no difference between the yeah. solution that they have and the solution that, like, Democrats fucking have. Fucks with my head, Charlie. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, so so often the solution is just, like, we'll deal with that later. Uh, it'll get worse. <laughs> we'll... We'll deal with it later. Or just, like, close your eyes and pretend it doesn't exist anymore, like COVID. Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> yes. Because uh, we're not willing to actually put in the work to deal with it. Exactly. 
I'm sure we'll dive into that stuff more, but man, Gamera called it. 1965, they knew exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well that's all I got. Welcome to No Gods, No Monsters. We're the anti-capitalist kaiju and giant monster podcast in a world where no one is coming to save us and going to Mars is probably not an option. I am Rabbit, here with Charlie, and today we're talking about 1965's Gamera, the giant monster. Charlie, what's this movie about? Uh, first, I wanted to ask you, um, like, what's your what's your turtle history? <laughs> I don't know what you mean. I just want to know what your history with turtles is. Okay, what, the... I want to get a gist. I want to get an understanding of your feeling and relationship with turtles. Okay, because that's a big part of this movie. The only thing that comes to mind is that when I was seventeen, I think my girlfriend at the time. Her mom's boyfriend found a tortoise. I'm going to count tortoises. Do they count? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. They're different, but whatever. Um, fa- fa- Found a tortoise on the beach, and they didn't know what to do with it. So, but they wanted to keep it. So I made a terrarium. I got a kiddie pool, and I went and got soil. And I planted food that I knew it could eat, like strawberries, and I gave it a little home thing out of like uh whatever they do with the like a like a part of wood that goes over in an arc yeah. so you can hide in it. And yeah. it was chill for like a week or a little more, and then it just disappeared. And we were like, did someone steal it? Blah blah blah. And then we were just lazy and never threw it out. And then winter ended and it appeared again and it had just been hibernating in the terrarium the whole time, which is crazy. Um, you didn't even look? Well, it was underneath the ground. Uh, we would have had to oh, dig. Crazy. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll make shit for turtles, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. I just... I, I, that, I mean, that was my next question. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What was, the tur- what was the tortoise's name? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. Must not be that important to you. I just, um, I smoked a lot of weed for a long time, Charlie. Yeah, his name was Bud. <laughs> I didn't name it. It wasn't my turtle. And it was a tortoise. Jesus. Um, okay, other than that, just the movie Blade Runner, as discussed previously. Oh, yeah, that's great scene. What's your history um, of turtles? Yeah, I go a long way back. Um, when I was a kid, me and my two older brothers, like one of our favorite one of the things we would often do um especially in the summer is we'd go to the woods or the creek or the pond by our house or we'd go to like a my mom would take us to like a park around here or something and we'd try to catch uh wildlife um some frogs snakes turtles um and then we would uh take them lizards we'd take them home and keep them as pets um so we'd always have like a bunch of especially in the summertime, a bunch of different creatures. And yeah, we captured turtles a lot. We would uh, both box turtles, but also we go to the pond and use nets to capture water turtles. And we'd, we'd keep them. We had a kiddie pool in our basement um, where we kept some of the box turtles. Uh, and then we had a kiddie pool out back that was filled with water there. We'd keep the water turtles, um, which is bad because raccoons would often feast on them. Uh and then we'd go swim. We we had a pool, and we sometimes we put the water 
uh, turtles in the pool with us and we'd go swimming with them, which is really bad because chlorine is not good for these creatures, but we yeah, I was were gonna young say, from, and stupid. From the turtle perspective, there's a whole movie series where you all are like the art. <laughs> yeah. Whew. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but... it was like the, probably the peak of your life, but really, <laughs> yeah. you were torturous monsters. Yeah. Uh... I mean, that's that's true for all of us in all the peaks of our lives, probably. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun swimming with turtles. That's so yeah, cool. Dude. That's sick. <laughs> we'd have like 10 turtles. We'd just like throw in the pool with us. <laughs> um, Hell yeah. Yeah, we'd, uh, trying to think what else. Um, so obviously I was a big fan of the Ninja Turtles. Um, yeah, dude. Who was it? Who was your I mean, favorite? Uh, Donatello was my favorite. It's How about you? Very nerdy answer. Um, Raphael. Fucking nerd on a kaiju podcast, Raphael. Raphael thinks he's so cool. Because um, he was cool. Dude, the pizza in the Ninja Turtles show is better than any... I just want to eat that pizza so bad. <laughs> My whole life, I've been looking for pe- that pizza, and I've never found it. Someday. Someday we'll 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 find it. Hell yeah, thank um, you. There was one traumatic moment as a kid where I was holding a box turtle we caught up by my face, and it bit onto my nose, Ooh. and it was so painful, and like I let go, and it was just hanging from my nose, and I was just crying, um, and I wasn't like, my mom was very impressed, because she was right there, and like I didn't like take it and like throw it or anything, like which would just be a, you're a, a natural reaction. Yeah, I was just like, like, ah! and crying there's like a <laughs> there's a huge mark on my nose for like weeks uh yeah um hell yeah that's that's a that's a that's a lot of connection to turtles there's a girl i recently had a crush on um and she told me that in high school she wore a turtle backpack so they people nicknamed her turt turt and i think maybe the reason why i had such a big crush on her because that was the coolest uh nickname i've ever heard turt turt I know there's some turtle stuff I'm leaving out, but yeah, I, I have a rich, vibrant history of turtles, which is why I think I really automatically love Gamera so much. Um, I just, oh, yeah. I fucking love, I love turtles. They're so awesome. It helps that Gamera's cool as shit. Yeah, he really is. He really is. Okay. A scuffle over the Arctic between U.S. Air Force and the planes of an unidentified country leads to the dropping of an atomic bomb on the frozen wasteland. The zoologist's expedition looks on as the ice cracks, and from those cracks, steam emerges. These flames, snow starts flying up, and what is that? Could it be? Yes, it is! A giant fucking turtle emerges and lifts its arms in triumph over escaping its icy jail cell. And thus, the world is introduced to Gamera, a giant turtle with tusks, fire-breathing abilities, fire-consuming abilities, a cute-as-fuck face, a buff-as-fuck body, and jet-propulsion flight. Yes, you heard that right. This Gamera is so cool, he makes James Dean look like a fucking nerd. Gamera proceeds to sound all authorities with his city-destroying skills and his mastery at picking up chicks. How can you stop a giant turtle whose prime source of nourishment is fire? Everyone knows turtles are fucked if you flip them on their back, but that isn't the case when that turtle can just turn itself into a UFO and fly away. This turtle withstands nukes. Eventually, all the scientists of the world come together and come up with a plan. A plan so good it's named Plan Z. You know with a catchy title like that, this shit just has to work. 
and work it does. In one of the all-time greatest endings to a movie, the humans use fire to lure Gamera to Oshima Island, where they trap him and then send him on a rocket to Mars. Like that old saying goes, if you can't beat them, send them on a rocket to Mars. <laughs> the end with Iji Funakoshi as Dr. Hidaka, Michiko Sugata as Nobuyo Sakurai, Harumi Kiritachi as Kyoko Yamamoto, Junichiro Yamashita as Aoji, Yoshiro Uchida as, as Toshio Sakurai, Jun Hamamura as Dr. Murase, and the greatest kaiju of them all, Gamera as Gamera. Some say he's a turtle, but I say he's the goat. That is the greatest of all time. Brought to you by Toyota. Toyota Corolla, the one vehicle that all kaiju respect. Because today, it's Gamera's all the way down. That's right, it's Gamera, the giant monster, baby. Alright, so let's start with the opening sequence. Because they kind of just drop you right into it, right? Yeah. (laughs) We established that the Cold War is going on. And like, just to set the scene, one thing that I never really realized until... I don't know why, like a month ago, I googled Cold War and looked at the Wikipedia for Cold War. and Oh, that's what it, is, what it was. Oh, oh, the, the, <laughs> between the Soviet Union and the U.S. Oh, that, yes. I, so I learned all that a month ago. But part of that was that they showed a map on the Wikipedia that kind of just like fucked with my head where it was like the U.S. in one color and the USSR in another, but it was like, instead of being like the orientation of a map we normally have, it was just like looking at the Arctic and it showed how they're just like facing each other with the Arctic in the middle, you know? Like, hmm. if you look at the top of the earth, Russia and the US yeah. are just looking at each other other than Canada, which doesn't count. Um, they're just staring each other down. Canada up. never counts. Yeah, exactly. You um, heard that all of our Canadian listeners. We actually, I don't think Trudeau. we have a single Canadian listener from our, our demographics <laughs> listeners, so well, we're safe for now. fuck Canada. Until, until this shit pops off pretty soon, like pretty fucking soon, we're uh-huh. safe. <laughs> um, sorry. So, basically, they're staring each other down with the Arctic in the middle, and this just kind of accentuated that, because it's just like, what do the Eskimos have to do with this? And it's like, oh yeah, the yeah. Cold War, like, that's the battleground, right? I like, I love how there is a U.S. Uh, base that just happens to be right fucking there. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? And like, like, I guess it makes sense. There's a U.S. military base like every hundred feet, so I Wait, guess it checks out. There's but... a base there? I don't know what you mean. I mean, that's like, they had like a, not like a huge base, but they had like an outpost there. There's a, that's what the, the people, the soldiers on the radio were, and planes are just flying out just right away. Oh, whoa. I don't, you're right. I didn't even think of that. I was just, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we got, the, we got the U.S., we got the USSR. They're battling, and then, or they're, you know, in a Cold War, and then whatever, which I just found out means that they're battling, <laughs> but they're not battling. It's crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why it's cold. Yeah, dude. And, well, because the Arctic is... Um, yeah. Most uh, of the Cold War took place in the Arctic. That is a little known fact. Yeah, totally. <laughs> We're off to a fucking great start. So, <laughs> and then in the middle, you have this fucking peaceful Eskimo encampment just chilling. And they're just so chill, dude. 
Um, but they just call these planes the Devil Birds because you know why <laughs> the fuck wouldn't they, right? Like yeah. Uh, but then later when um, Gamera appears. The same guy calls Gamera, like, the Devil's Envoy, I think. Yeah. So that just makes me start wondering if he just calls everything Devil's. <laughs> Why did the Because you're right, originally know? it was like, that's that's a badass cool name to call those planes. Hell yeah. Because uh, fuck those planes, like, from your perspective, 100%. Um, but then he's like, the Devil's Envoy. I'm just like, wait a second, I want to hear this guy talk some more and describe <laughs> some other stuff. <laughs> also, like, have missionaries been, like, doing outreach to the Eskimos? Like, why do they know about the devil? And why do they speak English? Yeah, totally. Like, the Japanese... Also... Yeah, it's so funny this Japanese uh, group is there, and that they have to speak English to speak to the Eskimos. It's like, what? Isn't the proper term Inuit also? This just feels wrong I, on everyone. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Eskimo is considered uh, um, offensive. So... Off to a great start, Gamera the Giant Monster. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I didn't think about the Devil's thing. That's so weird. Um, <laughs> obviously, this is a corrupted group. You know, they're speaking the Devil's language. <laughs> they're, they're... They have a, a mall out back. Oh, shit. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, okay, so we have the peaceful encampment. No modern technology. They're chilling. They're kind of in the crossfire of the U.S. military, presumably the Soviet Union. We don't know, but it's the Cold War. And then these UFOs. So to start with the U.S. military, we got to talk about the American commander, dude. <laughs> He's just a gem. Oh, um, should have said this earlier, but I'm going to say it now and you're going to deal with it. Um, I will not. I have the uh, limited edition Arrow set of all the Gamera movies. Um, uh, so I I watched this with the commentary with August Ragone, um, who's some guy that knows kaiju stuff, I guess. Uh, and he wrote some kaiju book. So, uh, yeah, I'm probably, I might cite that every here and there. Um, what's, what's he say about the American commander? Uh, so he brought up about, he said that these actors um, probably were just from a military pa- base in Japan that they just grabbed some people. Um, so no probably... way! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why they're the worst actors I've ever seen. Like, it's like unbelievable how bad this... Like, I... And I literally mean that. Unbelievable. Like, you can't imagine someone who has no acting skill just completely doing this half-assed and turning in a performance this bad. No. And he's just reading his lines off a piece of paper. And, like, his lines were so funny, I paused the movie to write them down. But if you read the lines between them, like, one of them, I think someone is is sending out radio jamming waves. What are you doing about it? Find out where it's coming from. How do you make that the funniest line in movie history? Like, I wrote it down and I was like, that's not funny. But I was dying. It's so funny. It's like, what are you doing about it? Find out where it's coming from. <laughs> impossible hell. Nothing's impossible. It's so good. And it's like, dude, you you don't even have to act. You're a commander. Like, have you ever been angry in your life? Have you ever been scared? <laughs> So, why was he chosen? Why did he step up for, like, what the fuck? Yeah. 
I mean, this is a thing we've seen in a lot of Japanese kaiju movies where the Americans are just bad actors because a lot of times they're just yeah. people that are in Japan, you know? Um, yeah, August Ragone says, like, uh, they probably just figured that Japanese audiences wouldn't be able to pick up that they're not exactly. a good actor and, like, wouldn't care, um, yeah. which makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, as much as I hope when I'm watching Japanese movies that I can pick up on how the actors are doing for small roles. I, I, I bet mm-hmm. there's times where there's somebody who's a bad actor who I think is good. Cause I'm not thinking about like the way they're articulating certain consonant, you know what I mean? Like, but this yeah. is pretty extreme, <laughs> but I've never known Japanese. So I have no idea if I'm, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And this is playing to a mass audience who maybe haven't, I guess they they probably seen a lot of American films. I guess those are there, probably there was an American there, release but... too. Like I think that's why there's yeah. so much English. So it's so confusing. Yeah, that's true. So one thing that's just a trip right off the bat. There's unidentified aircraft. The U.S. are like, go after them. Okay, identify yourself. What nation are you from? If you don't identify yourself, we're gonna take you in. Like, why does the U.S. just own the Arctic? Like, why do they get to just decide if we don't know who you are, you're dead? I mean, the U.S. kind of figures they own everywhere. What? <laughs> like, remember that time they uh, shot down an American um, passenger plane over, or an Iranian passenger plane over Iran in yeah. Iran airspace? Yeah. Yeah. And then they they awarded the person that shot down a medal. Um yeah, we just figure if it's uh, look at we're the uh, number one messengers of peace, and we're also the number one protectors of peace and love, peace and love, and so, democracy. Don't forget democracy and dude. democracy. Yes, yeah. the uh, we're spreading democracy. The guy in the plane doesn't get to vote, <laughs> but it's still <laughs> trust us. Um, it was more of a rhetorical question, I guess, but it's just uh, yeah. funny that that's not like a question plot line. It's like, of course, they're just, oh, we don't know who you are. You die. Although, I mean, I will say that the unidentified plane shoots them first, but still. Um, mm. So it's got to be a Russian plane, right? Yeah, I would assume so. It's just weird that maybe nobody ever It says... could be like a top secret American military thing. Um, that shoots so back. Well, they wouldn't want the the lower peons to know, so he tries to, yeah. So they don't want the lower peons to know about their top secret military technology, but later when a zoologist somehow ends up in a meeting with the military, they're like, we have these crazy secret weapons that deep freeze. Nobody knows about them. <laughs> they're classified. They only work for 10 minutes. Yeah, but at that point, there's a giant turtle they need to stop. Good point. Good point. I'm just saying, this plane is carrying an atomic bomb. Like, yeah, it, it would be like top, top, top secret. Nobody can know about this. It's true. Um, but, but I, so I think we're supposed to assume it's the USSR. Yeah, I think we're supposed to it's, assume it's, it's, it's the Soviet Union. Weird that no one even wonders in the whole movie. I mean, yeah. other than saying it's identified, unidentified, who it is, or who is it? Nobody's ever like who the fuck did that? They're just like, and now the U S and the USSR are working together on technology for human (laughs) progress. But yeah, those Eskimos didn't ask for shit, man. And a nuke drops on them. Yeah. Or near them, but not near enough that we need to worry about the fallout. (laughs) (laughs) Just 
random explorer would... researcher from Columbia University yeah. checking out the Eskimos. It's like, we should be good from here. Yeah, you would think uh, Japanese people especially would be especially uh, scared of fallout and radiation. Yes, Jesus fucking Christ. And they're just like, oh, I'm going to start filming this. Oh, look at that. That's This is crazy. Yeah. So, um, by the way, what the fuck was the expedition there for in the first place? I, uh, whose plane was that? These are just answers we don't know. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, especially weird because our three main characters, or three or four main characters are here. And then it's also super weird because this is an expedition to the Arctic. You should probably limit the people you have have the people that are best in their abilities that you need to limit supply use and all that. But later the photographer, um, <laughs> they just have a whole gaggle of photographers. That they yeah. Ayaji, he's like me and the other photographers drew straws. You're like, there are eight of you, weren't they? Eight fucking <laughs> photographers on an expedition to the Arctic. Are you fucking kidding me? That's like suicidal. <laughs> And not only that, but then everybody that's left on the boat that doesn't go off in this group that goes to meet with the Eskimos is killed by Gamera. How the fuck do they get back? Like, oh yeah, that that's not an easy voyage to no. go from the Arctic Arctic back to Japan. Like, Maybe the U.S. military. We have like base. a photographer and a zoologist, <laughs> and just a random woman who I think is the zoologist assistant, but we have no idea. Yeah, I just realized as I was saying that, I was like, oh shit, am I sexist because I forgot what her profession was? <laughs> I mean, I, it, we we probably both are, and hopefully we're both working on that all the time, but like, what, what, I don't know what, like I wrote down yeah. all of the roles of them and I wrote assistant question mark next to her, <laughs> like she's just the good luck charm, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, those are two of the things that... Is it that bothering at the expedition? So, yeah, so the, the Eskimo's like, hey, since this plane just crashed and nuked our land, you know, our home, the only home we've ever known, here's this legendary stone. Just take it. Not, not only that, he, like, pulls it from, like, a pouch on him. Yeah. Like, he he has this tablet on him yeah. that tells you all about Gamera. Hey, you know, that's... He just, Right now we have iPads. Back then they had different tablets, you know? Um, hey, I would love a Gamera tablet. <laughs> so he calls it the Devil's Envoy, like you said, and says Gamera is from Atlantis. And I thought earlier they asked, do you know about a giant turtle? And he's like, I don't know. Um, yeah, so that was in the same the same exchange. Like, So Gamera yeah. had appeared, and then the zoologist is like, do you know about these weird turtles from Atlantis? And he's just like, I don't know, I don't know. And then eventually he just caves in and he's like, here's this tablet. It's Gamera. Yeah. It's a devil's envoy. He's from Atlantis. Yeah. And then the researcher's like, are these waves? And the Eskimo's like, I don't know, but it's very, very frightening. Which, <laughs> And just the obsession through this movie on whether they're waves. I know it's the payoff yeah. that they're clouds, but why does anyone care if they're waves? And why do they put so much weight to this tablet, which just has, like, three crude drawings of a turtle and then some, like, squiggly lines? I mean, I gotta say, that's fucking cool. A giant turtle emerges, and then you're like, this tablet shows a giant turtle. That is cool, but it doesn't help at all. It's not like like it... 
everybody's weighing in on the wave question and it yeah. what is the difference dude it's like eating your cities and you're like dude was that like the water or is that like air or like wind like and even if you figured out those were clouds great gamera can fly what the fuck are you gonna do about it so the plane from an unknown country carrying the nuke crashes opens up the earth and fucking gamera comes out uh what'd you think of this first scene with gamera dude i fucking loved it it's so cool with the ice breaking open and then you can see like flames underneath the ice or something because there's like bright lights coming uh, up and then there's all the steam coming up and then fucking Gamera's head appears and he's crawling up and all the snow's just flying up from the fucking cracks and then he lifts his fucking arms up and he goes Roar! and he has an awesome roar yes, and the is. title card appears right over him yeah. it's like Gamera this super cool dude like it's it's seriously sick and like I think the, the snow spraying is kind of funny like it just makes mm-hmm. no sense but it's just <laughs> an awesome epic yeah fucking opening and gamera looks sick dude like i thought he was gonna look so silly he looks fucking awesome yeah he looks really cool um yeah i had heard that there were some good special effects in this but still in my mind the show a gamera series is just in my mind just like as a joke series that you just watch to like basically laugh at so like i had heard that there were some good special effects but in my mind it's like it's all just gonna be dumb as fuck but overall the special effects in this and uh Gamera himself really fucking sick it's really well done yeah dude like even I mean just that first scene like the way he walks looks awesome the when he's attacking the big ship and people are running away from it it looks fucking great dude like obviously it's black and white so it's easier to do this stuff and time has passed since Godzilla and you know this isn't the first time people are doing these effects so of course it looks better but it looks fucking good for a first Gamera Mm -hmm. it looks way better than I would have thought in the booklet that comes with uh, the set I have, the write-up on this mentions, like, so this is a fast production, it was low budget, and at one point, I guess they were getting so behind that they were talking about hiring Subaraya Productions to, to do to complete the special effects work, but the director is like, no, no, we're going to do this in-house, we're going to finish this, and he was yeah. adamant about that, and yeah, I mean, I think it would fucking get yeah. it off, I think it looks great. I fully agree. I, yeah. So I mean, we were talking about the opening, but in general, what you what do you think of Gamera as a kaiju? How he's depicted in this movie? I mean, yeah, he's my. I've said this before. He's my favorite kaiju. Um, that was based off of, uh, you know, my love of turtles, and he's he's just the idea of him, and he's he, there's like such a silliness to just this giant turtle monster, but um. He's, he's also just fucking badass, and yeah, and then the three Heisei films are just, uh, like, I love, 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 um, the second and third ones being, like, my favorite kaiju movies I've seen, um, and among my favorite movies ever, so, but yeah, so going into this, I, I, I already loved him, and I think, yeah, he just, he looks fantastic throughout this whole thing, it's interesting because... I know in the upcoming show and movies, he becomes the protector of all children and he's like a good guy, but in this, he's a villain, um, which I knew going into this, but unless, it's just kind of unless weird. Unless you're Toshio. 
Yeah, strangely. He'll kill all other children of Tokyo, but uh, Toshio falling from a lighthouse? Not, uh, I have some not on Gamera's watch. Toshio's uh, political perspective, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, yeah I, I agree. Like, I was not expecting the effects to be so awesome. I was not expecting to really like Gamera that much. And like you said, like, he looks awesome. I mean, the way he walks is awesome. His roar is fucking awesome. The flying like a UFO is just so silly, <laughs> but awesome. I did not expect that. that w- I thought that was just going to be a Heisei thing. I had no idea. But also, like, he's just fucking awesome. Like, every scene of his destruction. Like, you, anybody who's listened to this long enough knows that I absolutely, like, my favorite thing in kaiju, in the kaiju genre is when a monster is not fighting another monster, but just, like, destroying shit, and especially if they're destroying fucking Civ, like, the symbols of Civ. And this is yeah. just a fuck, like, an anti-Civ fest. He's, like, destroying yeah. not only, like, refineries and resorts and cities, but, like, green energy plants and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. nothing else. Like, he, and he's just going nuts with it. I... I fucking love it. it's so good. It's so funny. Yeah. It's so, like there's certain things about this movie that are fucking stupid and so it brings it down. But like if you had a good movie with these kaiju attacks, like this would be I mean the kaiju attacks yeah. are five star, man. They're awesome. They're so good. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> so you liked him flying like a rocket? <laughs> like a rocket? You mean like a UFO? Well, I just mean he has rocket limb holes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know, but later, it might just be in the Heisei era, he sometimes flies just, like, oh yeah, without going into his shell and doing a UFO thing. He, That's uh, true. The, like, rocket shoot He'll out of his legs. take his legs in and do that, yeah, yeah. which is fucking awesome. I remember watching a angry video game nerd talk about this movie a long time ago, and he brought up, like, that point when he... um when he first flies like a UFO, when he's on his back and the humans are like, we got him. And then he f- flies yeah. away like a UFO. He just had this really funny part when he's just like, holy shit. Like, uh, yeah, we, we knew that he could do this, but imagine being an audience at this yes. time and seeing that for the first time, just be like, what the fuck? <laughs> just like so far beyond the ridiculousness of any of the Toho Kaiju yet. And they've been pretty yeah. ridiculous. But this yeah. is just like, we don't give a fuck. This is not. Like, <laughs> yes, it's a giant turtle, but no, it's not a giant turtle. <laughs> so, uh. so great. So, uh, what do you think of, like, the explanation for his origin? It's kind of just uh, tossed off. They're like, there were giant turtles at Atlantis. Some of them hibernated in ice for a thousand years. An atom bomb released the yeah. camera from the ice it reminded me a it. lot of beast from Twenty Thousand fathoms like it wasn't like nuclear energy created this issue it was like there used to be beasts and now they're yeah. back because we woke them up with a loud alarm called the a-bomb mm-hmm. i yeah i prefer more when humans have more of a direct hand in the creation of the monster yes um and yeah this just kind of seemed like you know, they're like, oh, shit, we have to think of an origin story. Uh, totally. All right, I got something. <laughs> Which is kind of interesting because Godzilla, for instance, his origin is, you know, directly caused, like, caused by, like, he's a mm-hmm. product of 
human hubris and technology and war, right? Gamera's not, I mean, Gamera's awakened by it, more like the, the other 50s, like American uh, giant monster movies. But Gamera, to me, is far more closely tied in his actions to, like, environmental disaster, human industrialization, and war technology, you know? Yeah. Like, there's all these lines. Uh, the nuclear tests could change the Earth's axis. They could create typhoons in Japan. Um, all the fish in the Pacific coast have died. Something's wrong with the earth. There's flooding everywhere. There's a, the disasters have social, economic, and environmental implications. Oil tankers are crashing. It's just crazy that, like, this movie that doesn't seem to have much substance is really doing a good job of tying him to this, like, intersectional view of how industry and environment and war work, right? totally yeah fucking true it's so unexpected and weird (laughs) it's funny going into this uh you're like oh man there's gonna this movie's gonna be so stupid and there's gonna be like nothing to talk about or for political stuff at all i mean it's not like there's a huge thing but there is is actually a lot you can it's (laughs) so political it's bad it's politics are bad we'll get to that but like parts of it are good yeah i just mean in so much as it's not something just like in your face, like yeah, the director wanted it in nuclear yeah. weapons. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, I mean, yeah, and part of part of the crazy stuff too is like I think a lot of this gets taken by Godzilla films later influence. Obviously, part of the reason all this stuff is here is this movie was highly influenced by the Godzilla movies, of course. Yeah, but then Godzilla is too like in a way that Godzilla kind of hasn't been yet, as far as I remember. He. Like, it's so weird that Gamera is not a product specifically of industrialization and war, but he's strengthened by it, you know? Yeah, that is a cool concept. Like, yeah, they, it fucking eats fire and becomes more powerful. It eats yeah. fucking ra- nuclear. It feeds on nuclear radiation. <laughs> which which uh, uh, Godzilla will in the Heisei era. And yeah. uh, Gamera, electricity makes him stronger. He sucks up the energy from geothermal plants while he's destroying it. He has an internal fucking power plant, and he can jam radio frequencies. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool, dude. <laughs> I It's so confusing. Like, I don't know. I love it. But also, it's like, then why did you just say they were just giant monsters that were in the ice that we just woke up with a loud noise or a loud bomb. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fucking crazy, dude. All right. Well, maybe before we get to the implications of all that, we should touch a little bit on the human story and the human characters. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. So what were your general thoughts, if you have any, before we get specific about the human story and characters? Well, I didn't even bring it up in my synopsis because it, it's all kind of – there's some interesting stuff behind Toshio, um, but everything else is all just very kind of slopped together. Nothing kind of really unique to it, uh, it kind of generic. Um, like it's, it's perfectly entertaining enough, but there really isn't anything notable about it in my opinion. Uh, besides Toshio, which there's, he's a very weird and unique uh, character for these movies. Um, fucking hate kids, very, dude. Very, very weird. I fucking hate kids, dude. Like, I, just, yeah. 
He's... I I disagree when you say it's perfectly enjoyable or entertaining or I don't remember what word you use, but like the human stuff really dragged for me. I could not believe okay. the first time that this was only eighty something minutes. Like <laughs> it really, because like I loved the kaiju stuff and the human stuff was just like, why would I care about any of this? And it's just this kid making all these mistakes in a row and. <laughs> I know kids are kids, but, like, why do I have to endure that? <laughs> well, it's more about he's this antisocial kid. Um, in August, we're going, like, it's, like, as the movie goes on, it becomes more and more delusional and uh, mm. suicidal. Although, I think by suicidal, he meant he just does really Reckless stupid stuff. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I think suicidal is probably the wrong word there because yeah. that implies uh, an intent. Um, like he's going on yeah. suicide missions rather than he's yeah. trying to do it. Yeah. But but yeah, he's he's delusional. He becomes more and more delusional as the film goes on and he's that's what I mean by it. he's just such a weird character. He's yeah. just like he's not fully attached to Earth, um Totally. And yeah, and like and he's this anti social character with this horrible parent and sister. Um so so I guess originally they're like the only thing that showed a reason for him being antisocial was uh, in the screenplay. It was just written that his dad's a lighthouse keeper who has to move for work, so he's detached from other kids. So from he has to lighthouse move a lot to lighthouse. Yeah, to lighthouse to lighthouse. That's what lighthouse keepers do. Oh I guess. yeah. I guess I don't know about a lot about lighthouse. Oh keepers. yeah, they gotta That's keep the him circulating. <laughs> yeah. Don't want him to get um, rusty. But yeah, so the character that's his sister, originally that's supposed to be his mom, but they decided to write in that his mom died a few years prior to kind of give him more reason why he was uh, okay. antisocial. Um, and yeah, he's just obsessed with turtles. And then his fucking... They're like, he's so obsessed with turtles, we have to make him go fucking set free his pet turtle. And his, his dad's like, you know I don't want to be mean to you, so just go and do this yourself. Like... Which is, like, the right thing to do for the turtle, but it's not explained to him that way. And A horrible thing to do for... But they're not doing it for that reason. No, no, not at all. And, like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, the dad is, like, um... Yeah, like, we can't live in seclusion, can we? It's like, you're a motherfucking lighthouse keeper. Lighthouse keeper. By the way, why are you here? Don't lighthouse keepers (laughs) live in the... Whatever. And... (laughs) And it's, I, I think that was like a house right behind the lighthouse. Okay. Um, yeah, that makes sense. But like it. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, they're like, "You have to get rid of the turtle, otherwise we don't want you to grow up hating humans, do we?" Uh, what? <laughs> that makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, it it actually does kind of mirror so much in the way that like, you know, like authority figures treat people. It's like. We're going to make you hate us by making you throw out the turtle in hopes that you'll like us because you'll be around. Like, it's it's so much, like, discipline and punishment is actually, like, counterproductive like that. It's actually kind yeah. of realistic, but I know they're not going for that. It's just interesting when you think about it, like... Uh, yeah. yeah, and he's being punished for, like, drawing pictures of turtles and not making friends. Like, that's what he's being punished for. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> 
Okay, let's back up a little because we're going to talk about Toshio more. Um, yeah, I realized as I was talking, like, oh shit, we're not on the specific part for him. Yeah, I fully agree. It's like that's the heart of the story and it doesn't make sense. And especially where it goes doesn't make sense. But, mm-hmm. So my general thoughts are, yeah, kind of boring. And this movie, I mean, this movie draws from every other kaiju film in so many ways. It's clearly like, you know, just them trying to make kind of a generic kaiju film. And Mm -hmm. it has one of the big problems that a lot of kaiju films has, but even more amped up um, that I kind of mentioned earlier of like the main characters, it doesn't make any sense what their role is. Like, why is a zoologist and a photographer and a child in all of these situations? Why are they getting military secrets? Why are they advising the military on what to do next? It makes no fucking sense. It's just like every time the first people to see this shit... They're like, oh, you're, you like, oh, you're the expert. Again. You got dibs on camera decisions. <laughs> a fucking zoologist. <laughs> and he has so much power to the point where this photographer is with him. They go to like a military base or whatever. And the, the military is like, no press. And then the zoologist is like, but he's with me. So come on. They're like, okay, I guess you're okay. Or like <laughs> the kid is like. Don't kill camera! Don't kill camera! And the zoologist's like, he's got a point. And they're he's like, He's got oh. a good point. They're like, okay, I guess we won't nuke this. Because the kid said so. Because <laughs> this fucking turtle obsessed child is crying about yeah. it. <laughs> this kid who's so out of his mind, he thinks that this. That he thinks Gamera is literally his pet turtle. Yes, totally. Who's n- never done anything wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, as he says at one point, like turtles don't aren't don't do anything bad, right? Or yeah, something like that. <laughs> like all turtles are good, right? Um, okay, so we've mentioned him a bit, uh, a bunch already, but Doctor H- uh, Doctor Hidaki, Japanese zoologist. I mean, I don't think we need to dive into these characters a lot. I think it's just interesting we have another character who's in the scientist role, kind of in the like he's like. I'm sad Gamera might die because of radiation, but, you know, I do also hope he dies for mankind. It's kind of like this, the the role we get a lot, but it's a little more cold. For a main character, there's not that a Shiro Honda tragedy. He says he's sad mm-hmm. that Gamera might die from radiation because he's a valuable specimen, not because, yeah. you know, it's a tragic figure. And it's just, it's... it's and he of, immediately follows that with like but for the good of mankind he should be fucking dead yeah <laughs> it's just such a cheap uh photocopy of the scientists mm-hmm. we've gotten before you know yeah without any understanding of any kind of heart to it or depth to it yeah yeah what about uh kyoko yamamoto his maybe assistant i mean i got nothing she seems to like step up and care for Toshio uh, more than a lot of people, I guess. I don't know. There's Yeah, there's nothing to her. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out something to say. Yeah, no, I don't. It, it feels like her, and I'm just going to jump to her, Um, Miss Sakurai, Toshio's sister, there's really nothing to either of the main women in the film. Like, there's really nothing. I mean, with the sister, she's just like a... You know, she steps up to try to be a guardian for Toshio, but she's, like, really shitty at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, totally. That's, yeah. Huh. What about, uh, 
Aoyagi, the photographer. There's a little bit more to him. Uh, like I said, he, he's hitting on uh, Kyoko throughout the entire thing, and then event at the end, they're like, oh, you two can get together now. Oh, um, I didn't notice that. Isn't that what happens? Like, the very end, after they shoot Gamera off, um, Hidaka, like, goes around to talk to different people, and, like, to them, he's isn't he something like, now you... You I can celebrate you. her as a goddess, once, or I don't know. Once they sent him to Mars, I checked out, dude. I can't. <laughs> I think that's what happened. I think he gave them his blessing or something. Um, and earlier, he said like all the photographers wanted to go so that they could be with Kyoko. Yeah, um, that's that's true. No, he yeah. definitely. And then he calls her like his goddess of good luck or something. Yeah, like that. for sure. Yeah, I, I remember um, when we were watching the movie. In the scene where he pretended to be a worker, you were just like, Traitor, you're pretending to be the proletariat to kill Gamera? Fuck you. <laughs> I made a good point. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I do like how he's like... Fuck him. Yeah. Out of context, the like, let me go, let me burn it, or whatever is pretty cool, but in the context, no, yeah. you're trying to kill Gamera. Yeah. Yeah, he's specifically doing it so he can lure Gamera to a rocket to go to Mars. <laughs> yeah. So then we have Toshio. We've said a lot already, but it's just... Okay, first of all, why do you think Gamera saves him? Bad writing? Yeah. <laughs> um, this kid... Okay, so... Like, maybe they wanted to... Sh maybe the writers wanted to show a little bit more why... Toshio was so on Gamera's side and maybe they wanted to make the audience kind of feel a little bit something more for Gamera yeah. um, that he wasn't just an outright complete villain. But, I mean, that just completely goes away when you see the full amount of destruction that he's fucking laying out there. <laughs> so there's this weird thing that happened when we were watching the movie. Is I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, when they were saying, like, he's a weird kid. Kids don't like him. He loves nature, right? He loves these turtles. And then his parents are talking about making sure he likes people too and not living in seclusion. I was like, this kid is like going to grow up to be Ted Kaczynski. Like, this is <laughs> yeah, material, right? I forgot you were saying that multiple times. Well, because at first I was like, this is just a lot of science. You love nature. Yeah. You, 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 you don't really want to be around people. You're secluded, like cabin in the woods kind of style. But then fucking gamera is smashing civilization destroying industrial technology and he's going as he's watching it he's going oh gamera please don't do anything bad and it's just like, <laughs> dude, this kid i don't know man i think there's a 10k angle to this whole fucking thing dude. yeah but he's not he's not gonna go to uh harvard or yale and uh be an unknowing um participant in project mk ultra the, yeah uh that we know the, really fuck with him yeah. so i think we're okay well it's just interesting we're definitely okay because so you have that view of him where he like doesn't give a shit about anything but gamera he's the secluded kid like and yeah he does get like I, I, the reckless or suicidal in a way he's fucking train hopping super cool but uh these oil trains going straight at gamma and he just has this stupid look on his face like he has no idea that he's gonna die and he doesn't even give a shit that this dude saves him like risks his life to save him 
But then all of a sudden, like you and I were both like, what the fuck? He's so excited about the facility on Oshima Island. And he's like, we got to see Plan Z. We can't miss Plan Z. Like, what the fuck is that, dude? This is the plan to stop Gamera using all this is Yeah. It makes no sense. And then they send Gamera uh, to Mars and they're like, so you're not upset about Gamera still, are you? He's like, no, I want to grow up to be a scientist just like you. And then I can go visit Gamera on Mars, right? (laughs) Yeah, like... So I guess he thinks Gamera's okay and just chilling on Mars. I know, dude. I guess... (laughs) This is a movie about turning, like, an anti-civ fucking loner into a liberal like into an elon <laughs> musk fan that's what's happening in this movie too. No. and i think worse than the unabomber are elon musk fans yes imo definitely more deaths associated and if we're talking yeah. about it this kid cheered on as way more people died now then <laughs> like i'm not a ted k fan i'm just saying objectively a lot more people died from camera that's all i'm saying <laughs> and you know uh elon musk is a motherfucker yeah, so that's true okay so let's talk about that ending sequence oh one thing before we do um i definitely felt like the lighthouse smashing sequence was kind of a nod to beast from Twenty Thousand fathoms oh i i really think so too yeah sure. which it's interesting to like kind of be pulling a a reference to the origins in such a fucking wacky movie, but they did it. It's also interesting because so much of Gamera is like a ripoff of Godzilla, and yeah. Godzilla was a ripoff of Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. So definitely, it's kind of a cool connection there. But I want to say what I was talking about with Ted Kaczynski and MK Ultra is when he was in college, his professor for one of his classes was a uh, working for MK Ultra and he was doing an assignment that was part of uh breaking people down I guess that Ted Kaczynski was had to do that assignment and like he said later in his life that that assignment was just like even much later in his life like he was just like he still has nightmares over that assignment um well, to- just like so just completely destroyed him I mean to add to that I mean so Ted Kaczynski was like an, a fucking uh, considered a fucking like genius at at that age. Yeah. He was like 16 when he was in college or something. Yeah. And yeah. in this class, they he didn't know what was happening. He didn't know it was part of this fucking secret CIA program or whatever. And Nobody so knew. They Except told the him. Yeah. So they told him to do things like write a journal of all of his biggest fears and darkest secrets and um i think it was also like darkest darkest sexual uh thoughts or something like that i think i want to say and then they drugged him with tons of fucking psychedelics put him in a room and mocked him and belittled him for his darkest secret deepest secrets like it's so fucked up dude so like even this anti-government dude sending people fucking bombs is literally probably a product of the fucking government which a lot of people would think is like taking away his agency so maybe it is but that there's a way to read it where it's like this is also part of the problems of the government like literally. yeah that would god i can't imagine how fucking horrifying though yeah That's, that sounds so jesus it's christ 16, yeah I... dude or 17 i don't yeah. know yeah but, uh, it... 
Of course you want to live alone in the fucking woods, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, um, I, it's very funny. <laughs> just deep into Ted Kaczynski. I yeah. <laughs> well, I just... I, I mean, people would probably be confused uh, what I meant when I just said, but I'm like... Sure. Ted Kaczynski is not... So I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah, dude. as a... Hey, it's fun. Maybe, maybe people learn something. As a person um, who... Uh, Worked for a magazine who had our post office box uh, monitored by the FBI, probably because a person who worked there before me wrote to Ted Kaczynski. I took for granted <laughs> that everybody knew that, and I'm glad you clarified. Well, I mean, didn't the FBI, like, kill the founders of that magazine? No. Didn't uh, they, like, plant bombs in there? Oh, it wasn't the magazine. Um, Check out Who Bombed Judy Berry. I believe it's free on YouTube. Uh, two Earth Firsters, um, who, one of whom did work for the Earth First Journal, were bombed probably by the FBI in 1991 yeah. or two. Um, yeah, it's fucking, and the FBI claimed yeah. that they set up the bombs themselves. Uh, totally. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they blamed it on them, and they were, like very peaceful activists who played a lot of music uh it's a great movie you should check it out also again just for transparency just so people know where we stand ted kaczynski's publishers reached out to me and my four friends who ran this magazine and offered us a thousand dollars when we were struggling to print a one-page ad for his new book that he was publishing and we declined it so i just want you to know that we're not (laughs) it's complicated (laughs) That's that's good to know. Uh, what's that movie called again? Who um, bombed sure Judy Berry? Okay, Judy Berry I'll is fucking awesome. Um, she has a really good book. I'm God. The the name is slipping. It's late, but um, uh, she was a international workers of the world uh, labor organizer who became an Earth Firster, and the reason that she uh, was probably bombed is because she was one of the main organizers behind Redwood Summer, which was a giant direct action campaign to get people to do tree sits and stuff to protect the Redwoods from logging. And it was literally, she was like a peaceful activist who was doing stuff like suggesting people sit in trees, not like do anything militant. And suddenly Mm -hmm. fucking her fucking car blows up and she ends up in the hospital and almost dies. Um, it's, it's, Sounds really gnarly, but it's a really good documentary. You'll like it. Yeah. And the FBI, once again, the FBI claimed that they set those bombs up in their car themselves. Yes. Um, which, uh, to gain sympathy or something. Yeah, which would be pretty crazy because the bomb was sitting under her driver's seat. FBI lies. To clarify, the magazine I was talking about that I used to work at is called the Earth First Journal. You should check it out. It's a magazine that talks about the direct action uh, movement to protect the environment and uh, their 40th anniversary issue just came out. It's been going for 40 years, and you should get yourself a copy if you can. I have an article in there, and you might like it. Anyway, sweet. That was an interesting uh, little side trip we took, Charlie. Hey, man, I love trips. Okay, so we have the Tsushima Island sequence. Real quick, what did you think of the cool, uh, well, I just gave away what I thought, but the miniature effect with the elevator? You know what I'm talking about? The inside of this... Oshima Island. Like all that kind of sciencey stuff? Yeah, they like walk into this... El- that was a matte painting. Um, but they go into it. People I don't are, remember. People are walking, and you were like, why is the um, shot so long? And I was like, because it's fucking cool. I, w- <laughs> I remember saying that, but yeah, I don't remember that. It was a good or bad. I liked it. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I kind of liked it. I thought it was pretty neat. 
All right. Anyway, the way their feet moved. So yeah, we. I mean, we've kind of talked about this ending quite a bit. So let's let's check in with the themes because I feel like this is where all the themes really really. One uh, one second. Oshima Island was also featured in Atragon. Really? Because mm-hmm, it's a real island, I guess. So I'm assuming it's the island where that the hideout was. Cool. Yeah. Nice. So this island is really where a lot of these themes come to a head. Like, it's just kind of where they put a cap on all of it. Um, I mean, even in the lead up. So we talked about the theme of the inv- industrial disaster being linked to human industrialization and war technology. And one thing we haven't mentioned that I thought was interesting is on the lead up to getting him to the island, there's this whole thing where you have like this plan Z, which is like a kind of joint force between the two superpowers, right? The USSR and the US, but we don't really know to what extent. Yeah. They're trying to get them to this island, but the rain foils their plan. Got Fucking dastardly rain. If only we had hired a meteorologist on our team. God damn it. We have eight photographers, no meteorologists. Eight photographers, one zoologist, a fucking child. And... <laughs> um, but yeah, they, like I, I was like, oh shit, the rain's beating them. I wonder if this is a statement about nature. And then they straight up say it. Like Someone's like, we did the best we could. And I think it's Kyoko says, unfortunately, we can't beat the elements. And it, it does mm-hmm. feel like they're pointing that out and then it's weird that like they have this plan to get him to the island but what really brings him is the volcano right yeah it's like nature really did this it's kind of fucking weird yeah but so if you had to so we're talking about this environmental stuff but based on the ending of this movie do you have a theme that you think they're really trying to push i mean if anything it's about wanting the powers, the superpowers that come together. Um, you know, the fact that they don't use nukes about him could be a common, mm. and nukes on him could be a commentary. Um, that, that scene where they're first talking about nuking him and then Toshio says, no, let's not do that. And they're like, okay, he has a point. Um, <laughs> August Ragone points out that at that point, China had just tested their first nukes um Mm. and the japanese prime minister i guess told lbj that japan was going to have to get nukes um to protect themselves from china and the u.s had like three nuclear bases in japan as well as subs and ships and planes and nuclear capabilities so uh he read that scene as specifically being kind of like thumbing its nose at the idea of the nukes as an ultimate power interesting Um, but yeah, I guess it's not like an ultra over overriding theme for the whole movie. But well, I mean, what you said about the superpowers coming together, I feel like is yeah. like there's that sign. Uh, yeah, no, I do feel like that is for sure. Um, yeah, like there's that line, um, like with a fellowship without ideological borders, like we did it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it, very uh, comradish of uh, of the writers there. Yeah, I, and so I feel like when you, when you watch it, it's like, okay, they're saying, okay, you have this base. They talk about how this base on Oshida Island or Oshima, what is it? Oshima Island. Oshima. The U.S. and the Soviets working together to make technology to further human progress. And then, you know, this fellowship without ideological borders. So, like, I, I get that this main theme is that instead of 
battling, they should work together, right? And that's nice. It's a nice sentiment. Mm -hmm. But it falls really fucking flat for me. Because, like... (laughs) Right? Doesn't it? Well, well, for one thing, if the whole thing that set off everything was just... uh the U.S. and the USSR fighting and dropping a nuke that sets out camera from the first place. Yes. Like that already kind of is a lot heavier than just throwing out this and the USSR and the USA are working together to clean up their <laughs> own fucking mess. Yeah. I mean, Inuit tribes are still fucking nuked. Like, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it, it just like the space race was a big part of the cold war. You know, Mm -hmm. and so you're saying the Cold War caused this, but the Cold War will fix it. The technology of this Cold War caused this, but the technology of this Cold War will fix it, too. Like, it's so fucking gross to me. Um, I know earlier today I told you, like, oh, on my second watch, I liked it more and I liked it less. And I think it's just like I liked the kaiju stuff more and I liked the themes even less the more I thought about it. It kind of reminds me of... um, Godzilla raids again. It just feels empty the first time, and then you watch it really with a keen eye, and you're like, fuck you, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, part of that is I just don't think they put much thought into it. Um, Sure. So they weren't being analytical. uh, I mean, it's the middle of the 60s. I do think that people thought the space race was generally like a good thing despite the fact that it was in the Mm -hmm. backdrop of the cold fucking war you know Mm -hmm. yeah because it was yeah about us advancing technology to do something that man's always dreamt about sending Um, turtles to mars (laughs) i wonder if they ever sent any turtles up you know what the first animals in space were charlie huskies fruit flies no I think, according I to The Last of Us 2. <laughs> I know that there was... Uh, I don't even know if they were huskies. I'm just assuming they were. Um, I don't know. What were those dogs' names? Laika? Laika is the first one, but Laika didn't even make it. Laika died before she got to space, and it was revealed like way later that the Soviets lied about that. Soviets! <laughs> and all of the U.S.'s you... dogs lived. <laughs> Don't you find it weird how the U.S. won the space race, but in every metric except for putting a man on the moon, the USSR did it first? Yes, we just Um, decided that the moon is the thing, and so we won. Yeah. But it's kind of like how humans are like, well, humans are obviously the best species because we can do reasoning and we can do, you know, like all these things. And it's like, you're just picking yeah. the things we're best at and saying those are the best attributes. Yeah. We're not the fastest I can reason. Brothers. We don't live the longest. I can reason myself into an existence of complete misery and self-hate and ex- existential dread. Totally. Yay. We just, I'm better than you, you fucking monkey. Yeah. It's the same. The U.S. is just like, well, we landed on the moon, so that was the thing that was important. Like, oh, we mm-hmm. we have a certain type of brain, so that's the metric. It's just, it's absolutely meaningless. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And it's so funny because so many of the things the Soviets did, we still do all the time. Like, yeah satellites up and shit all these things that matter but we don't go to the moon anymore because it doesn't fucking matter (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um so this movie has like related to that 
it kind of has this theme that a lot of kaiju movies have of the scientists just being fucking wrong all the time. You know, like there's kind of a lot of kaiju movies are cautionary tales about where science anti-science. Yeah. Everybody knows Honda was an anti-vaxxer. Oh God. But like, like they're wrong about those fucking waves over and over and over on the tablet. They're, and it doesn't even fucking matter. It doesn't matter. There's still... like, why is why does this tablet matter? It just has some crude sketchings of some turtles. <laughs> like, and like, oh my god! And there's a giant turtle right now. This this is the key to everything. <laughs> like the tablet never does anything, and they're just they put so much weight to it. it it's just like don't get me wrong. The tablet's cool. Oh yeah, the tablet is cool, but. It doesn't help at all. It's They were trying and, to M. Night Shyamalan the fact that the flying wasn't out of nowhere. Like, oh shit. Okay. There were hints that it could fly all along, but the the thing leading up there didn't make sense. So it's just, it's just bullshit. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the doctor, that doctor that looks like fucking, uh, Colonel Sanders is like, <laughs> camera falls on his back. That'll stop him. And then he's just wrong. Like, because they were wrong about the yeah. waves. In the commentary, Iris Ragone is like, he's like, that Colonel Sanders beard, mmm, I want chicken, or something like that. And then he's like, on a more serious note, this person died of leukemia like 10 years ago. <laughs> like, completely, just, the next line, he's just like, <laughs> well, Did you know Colonel Sanders uh, killed some people with a shotgun before he was famous? <sighs> That's that was his original chicken recipe. It was actually humans. Um, but yeah, I just it's interesting that you have this theme that they've. It's a, like a lot of things in this movie. You have this theme they've taken from other kaiju movies of like scientists not being right about stuff, the technology and science uh, mm-hmm. uh, causing the problems. But then in the end, the kids like, and I want to be a scientist, and I'm gonna go to Mars and hang out with Gamer. And it's just like, what was the point of all this? Of course, the whole time we've been showing that kid's fucking delusional and annoying as shit. So, <laughs> True. True. maybe it is way more legit than we thought. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, speaking of the kid, I do think that there is some kind of theme about how we treat things that are misunderstood. You know, like the kids being bullied. Oh yeah, he clearly that kid identifies has the worst parenting. With... Yeah. And he identifies with Gamera, maybe not just because he I... likes turtles, but maybe also because Gamera is just like, he thinks Gamera is misunderstood. Well, also Gamera saved his life, so. True. That too. True. But, but yeah, he thinks turtles are incapable of bad, so how can <laughs> Gamera be bad? <laughs> it's true, but do you feel like there's a little, like they did that on purpose a little bit? No, I think there definitely was a commentary about how this kid's misunderstood. Um. I I don't think they realized they made this kid into an annoying character that people yeah. would have like. <laughs> true, 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 true. Um, yeah, I I like the the part when he's they're living with his uncle in Tokyo, and then uh, his cousin. I guess like he brought all these rocks with him because I guess they made up Gamera's home back at his house, so he wanted to bring Gamera's home, and then. I guess his cousin like took them and tossed them into the river. And then when asked why, he's like, "Cause they, cause he, Toshia wouldn't show them to me when I asked to see them." Which uh, reminds me of me and my brother Ryan. Um, when I was, I think I was like six or something. 
I found like a broken hockey stick in her backyard. And Ryan was like, let me see that. And I said, no, no. So he grabbed it from me and he hit me over the head with it and cracked my head open. (laughs) And then so there was blood pouring from my head. And then my other brother got home and my mom said to him, look what Ryan did to Charlie. And he said, he poured Kool-Aid all over him because I was just covered in blood. And I had to go to the hospital and uh, get my head stitched. Oh. But that's what that scene, that's what that reminded me of. Well, yeah, that was a very weird scene. Not only because they didn't really explain any of that. He just said he threw his stones away. And the kid calls him a freeloader, yeah. which is just fucking funny for a kid to say. Like, cause him like a, he's like jerk even for a freeloader. Yeah, like, like, like a, you have a job? Like, what are you fucking talking <laughs> yeah. about? You're a child. But then also the, the uncle's like, I'll buy him some new stones. So <laughs> We just established there's a river nearby where stones are. <laughs> you fucking buy him some new stones. Why are you, Mister Moneybags, over here? Yeah, totally. Yeah, he was just saying that his business was doing well because all he had, or his business wasn't doing well because all he had was cans and stuff, and now he's got money for rocks. Come on. <laughs> okay. Let's wrap this up, Charlie. Do you have any concluding thoughts about Gamera the Giant Monster that we haven't covered already? So, originally, Daya Studios, their first uh, monster movie was going to be... They were inspired by the birds, so they wanted to make a movie like that, but with a different monster. And they were going to do a movie with... uh, There was an outbreak of rats on some island, so they were going to do rats. But the rats were going to eat eat stuff... um, and mutate into seven foot uh, rat beasts that st- form Tokyo. But uh, they plan to do a mixture of stop motion, suitmation, and uh, real rats. But the stop motion was too expensive. And then they found out the suitmation was too expensive. So they were just using real rats. And, like, the and a bunch of people. Got called or something? A bunch of nearby residents complained. And so the health department came and told them they had to shut down. And the health department told them that they had to uh, um, cremate the rats with fire. Oof. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, that's a fun story. That's wild. <laughs> Reminds me of uh, our the Suicide Squad episode. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, I thought it was weird how um, we see camera as a ufo he's flying around to all the countries of the world but then at one point they're like camera is going to be attracted to all the um uranium we have stored here is he's flying all over the world yeah. i'm pretty sure there's places other than japan that have much more stored nuclear yeah like the uh, aforementioned that... united states and soviet union <laughs> Yeah, I, I. Why would he come to fucking Tokyo to to feed on nuclear material? That is a good point. Damn. <laughs> oh, uh, in Varan, the dog was named Chibi, and in this, the turtle is also named Chibi, which just translate as Peewee. So. Presumably, that dog in brand is named Pee Wee. Hell yeah, That's you pointed that out to... while we were watching first time, like, boom. Yeah, I I remember that Chibi. Hell yeah. Chibi? That's two movies we watched with a little kid running around screaming Chibi. Hell yeah. Apparently this is a, a theme in kaiju movies that we'll probably see again and again. A theme in kaiju movies that are black and white when no other movies are that are very bad human stories. <laughs> but cool... Kaiju. 
I noticed a few times in the destruction, there were some kind of cool, unique angles that uh, they chose to use, where it's like very askew, um, mm. uh, which was very. I thought it was neat. Um, there was some really unique stuff in the destruction. I really liked when he was attacking the building, and you could see the silhouettes of people running through the building yeah. as he was attacking it. That was awesome. And I also love that he was a UFO and just landed at the airport and it fucking exploded. Like, <laughs> yeah, so cool. <laughs> ooh, yeah. I loved it when they were, when they froze and they set off the dynamite. So he rolled down the hill and he was on his back and then he puts his head and his limbs in his shell. And one of the soldiers goes, uh, Gamera is ashamed from losing. He's hiding. <laughs> 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 very funny hell yeah uh the fire instead of doing like camera tricks or something to, to fake the breathing fire they used a pressurized um propane which is very dangerous but uh it looks awesome it does look awesome you can also tell though that like none of the fire shots show anything but a close-up like yeah they didn't want to do it with the stuff around you know so that that was definitely yeah. a drawback to that but it did look very cool yeah um i also love that he just fucking consumes fire that's so metal <laughs> totally uh do you have a favorite shot yeah i think i'm gonna go with um the shot when uh toshio first meets gamera where uh he's setting the turtle free and then all of a sudden Gamera appears and you just see his head come up over the hill. And the shot also has Toshio in it. It's a composite shot. And Toshio is just like running down the hill while you just see Gamera's big goofy fucking face so just goofy. like looking around. I loved it. Oh yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think just super predictable with Gamera standing in the water while the factories just burn around him and he's just like standing still like look what I've done it just looks so cool and it looks Hell just yeah. fucking good like I'm not yeah. thinking it's a dude in a suit it just looks fucking good you know yeah hey Tokyo fuck your industry <laughs> yeah no that looks awesome Gamera just looks so fucking cool yeah. throughout this and the special effects is just they're great. Really, yeah, when all you know about the Gamera, these early Gamera movies, is that they're fucking ridiculous and silly, and most Americans know them because they're on a Mystery Science Theater 3000, like, yeah. repeatedly. Yeah. Um, and low budget. You're not expecting good special... Yeah, and low budget. You're not expecting good special effects, but they hit it out of the park. Okay, I'm gonna go first with my uh, Dumb Cop of the Week. So... My dumb cop of the week is the cop that's trying to stop the kids from playing rock and roll. And he's like, you fools, think of your families. And the kids are like, nothing's going to stop this shindig. And they keep partying. <laughs> like, obviously, the, the cop is making a good point there. But you're dumb to think that kids are going to stop partying. You fucking idiot. You're going to fucking party, dude. I'm going to reason with these coolest shit fucking kids who live for <laughs> rock and roll and anarchy. Yeah, yeah I'm just going to, me, a cop, I'm just going to reason with them how they need to uh, obey their curfew and get home. Yeah. Moron. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Idiot. Uh, my dumb cop of the week is going to be that um, 
military officer who's the worst actor ever who's <laughs> especially considering the fact that he was most likely a really real military person <laughs> that's such a <laughs> and, good one he's just dumb as shit <laughs> the commander yeah yeah dude oh that's a good one good one yeah i mean all the military people were really bad actors is another one there that was especially bad but yeah he's just oh incredible well if i if i do this editing right people will hear his voice at the beginning of this so they'll know who we're talking about nice (laughs) sweet okay do you want to explain this new rating system charlie all right i guess so so um yeah, we have specific rating systems for all of our big franchises. You should know that because you should be a loyal listener who has listened to every episode up until now. If not, I don't want to be friends with you, and I don't want to know you, and I won't. Okay, so S, the top tier, the best, Ninja Turtle, because Ninja Turtles fucking rule, obviously. Donatello specifically. Uh, Raphael more specifically than Donatello, which is kind of specific. Um, A, Turtles All the Way Down. I know that has been overplayed due to Reddit, um, but fuck Reddit and it's overplaying. It's still one of the funniest and greatest phrases of all time. Fuck Reddit. Uh, B, Bowser, because Bowser starts with B and Bowser is awesome for one of the greatest video game franchises of all time, one of the greatest villains of all time. C, for Filbert. Rocco's friend Filbert. Um yeah, because Dude, Rocco's Modern Life is fucking awesome. Like yeah, if it you is. look back was... on that shit, it's fucking radical. I know, it's so good. I was trying to remember something that Filbert said, but I, I was blanking. Um I was gonna repeat something he said, but can't do that. Anyways. Yes. C for Filbert, because Rocco's Modern Life is the bomb as kids And there's a kaiju episode these days. Is there? Yeah, there's one with uh, uh, where a tooth grows giant, and it ends with a King Kong reference. It was like, uh, no, it was Tartar killed the beast or something like that. <laughs> uh, D, turtle that bit Charlie's nose, because I think that was kind of a heroic action from that turtle, so they should be remembered. Um, but it's also all the way down to D, because that fucking hurt. And yeah, that makes sense. It hurt me, the most important of me's. Uh and F, Dana Carvey dressed as a turtle from Master of Disguise. Turtle, turtle. Bad. Have you ever I've seen that seen scene? It, but it's bad. I watched that scene uh, over the past week. It is one of the most batshit crazy scenes I've ever seen. It's so fucking weird and just out of this world, just nonsensical. <laughs> okay, so what do you rate this? It's hard because there's so we've seen so few gamma movies but yeah to... it's also like the three i've seen are like completely different in every way like almost yeah. a completely different series except for it has the same monster um and i absolutely love those so i'm also kind of like those are the only ones i've seen i'm judging up against those um but then what's going to come in the rest of the show series i don't know yeah i I'm going to go with uh, C. Filbert. I'm on the same boat. C. Filbert. No question. Yeah. Totally. Um, I'm excited to see the rest. I'm excited to find out how he gets back from Mars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he can fly like a UFO, so True. maybe it's really I kinda, easy. <laughs> I kind of hope the next movie starts with just, like, 
that rocket Elon Musking, and it just falls, <laughs> and then he's just still here. <laughs> oh shit! We had a venture capitalist build that <laughs> build that rocket. Fuck! <laughs> At least we still have this self-driving cars. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed it. You can find us online at tw- on Twitter at NoGodsPod. You can email us, NoGodsPod at gmail.com. And Charlie, you started this off by asking me about my turtle history, and I forgot my most important turtle thing, which oh, is, this is it, baby. when I was living in Florida where the sea turtles come up, one time me and my partner, we did some pills, and we went out late at night to go skinny dipping, and the moon was full, and we came out of the water, and we got on the beach, and we looked out, and there was a fucking leatherback turtle laying eggs, like a fucking four to five foot fucking leatherback turtle laying eggs, and it was one of the coolest things ever. It's its its shell was like glistening with the moonlight, totally out of nowhere. Seen them a few times since. They're amazing, and one of the leading things that is killing these turtles is and and all the sea turtles that are in florida is light pollution because they traditionally the eggs are hatch and the babies instinctively know to go towards the light on the water the moonlight reflecting off it mm-hmm. but there's all these lights on the shore so if you want to support the show if you like what we're doing go to the beaches of florida and smash all the fucking lights and fight all the <laughs> and also people any banks on their that- fucking eggs any banks that might also be along the beach, you can also smash those. Sure, yeah, go nuts. Um, if there's a Starbucks, whatever, you yeah. know, just help the turtles with a baseball bat. <laughs> hero, support the show. Um, yeah, that that's story started out beautiful until you went into the light pollution stuff. I don't know. Well, I had to tie it into the how to support the show. Yeah, but maybe you want to edit that out because it's kind of a downer. <laughs> um i forgot one of my turtle history uh things is i visited australia when i was a wee little lad um well oh damn like 14 15 um and i went uh snorkeling at the great barrier reef and i i uh was swimming next to some big ass water turtles and it was amazing and incredible hell yeah yeah